0: Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. For those of you joining us for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. We hope to enjoy you for the next hour and a half-ish of talking about everything and anything Star Wars. If you are returning for another listen, thank you very much for your loyalty. Uh, we value every single download, every listen that you guys do. Uh, and again, if you're, ret- if you're coming back to listen, so it's you must be doing something right and today we're in for uh, a bit of a treat, we've got a full house again. Uh, five members of the Jedi Council podcast have assembled for you, and that means, as always, my good buddy and my brother in the Force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hey. Welcome back, mate. It has been a while since we've all got together. Yes, a few weeks. It has Definitely been a few deep. weeks. Um, and alongside Dave is Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Yes. Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, we're going to get into Mr. <laughs> Lego in a little while, I'm sure. Um, and of course, we have Mr. Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Alex. Oh, <laughs> trust you hello. to be awkward. Uh, <laughs> bloody Mr. I'm going to start calling you Mr. Contrary just for the sake of it now. Um, and returning again is the first lady of the Jedi Council podcast, Mirror Ranger. Say hello, Mirror. Hello, Mera. Ah. Oh. It's good to have you all back again, guys. It's been like two, three weeks. How has everyone been? That's a really stupid thing to ask five people. Let me rephrase that again <laughs> and point it to one of you. Dave, how have you been, mate?
1: I've been very good. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Look, it's, it's been busy in my my normal life um, outside of this. So um, it's nice to come back to this and, and just be able to get back into it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, agree. And, and listeners, you know, we, we've not been around for the last two, three weeks—a bit of a hiatus. Uh, to, to Dave's point, we've all been ridiculously manic in our own jobs, uh, day-to-day life. But I'm going to put a little bit of blame on the World Cup uh, as well. Uh, <laughs> I think that's interfered somewhat with our with our schedule a little bit. Uh, but that's obviously finished today. England went in the final, sadly, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we we're going to crack on anyway. Andy, how things been for you, mate?
2: Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you. Not, t- not bad at all. Same as Dave, really. Bit busy. Uh, bit busy in my my work life, but yeah. And then uh, managed to squeeze in a holiday in Greece, which was lovely. So yeah, came back a couple of weeks ago, nice and chilled and relaxed, ready to ready to take on the world
0: and the Star Wars world at the same time. I'm going to assume. Indeed, so take on the universe, maybe. Actually, oh even better, even better, yeah. Mr. Clark. How things did you, mate?
3: Yep, same, really good. Loved the World Cup, and in between presidential visits to London and demonstrations, it's all been kind of good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's been an interesting few days in London, hasn't it?
3: I've got to be honest, it's one of the coolest things in the world to see those helicopters go over London. <laughs> so, it was so
0: awesome, it was really cool. It's funny, like, um, he. Pres- actually, before I come back to that, Mayor, how have things with you been?
4: Oh, thank you. Um, honestly, a little bit thumping, but you know, life is good, and I'm looking forward to our lovely chat today. It's a pleasure being here, as always. Oh, life well, is good.
0: You're a member of the family now, Mara. It's always good to have you on board. <laughs> That's right. I'm remembering that. Yes, <laughs> you're no longer a special guest. You are part of the team. There is a difference. Yes. Yeah. All right. But well, to to your point the earlier, the presidential visit has been something else. A friend of mine sent me a video because. Uh, uh, President 45 landed in Stansted Airport. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with the UK, Stansted Airport is like the the third airport for London. Uh, it's based out in Essex. Uh, and there was a huge line of escalades uh, bringing Mr. Trump through London, which was was quite a scene to, to see because you don't normally get those in the UK. You can't actually buy escalades or anything like that over here. So it was interesting for me anyway, being the car enthusiast that I am, uh, seeing these escalades because... You know, I got him on when uh, when I was out in the States and they were like, they're an amazing car. Stupidly expensive, uh, but a very nice nevertheless. That so that's enough of the World Cup. That's enough of Mr. Trump visiting the UK. What are we going to be talking about today for you guys within the Star Wars universe? So first and foremost, recently Dave and Andy attended uh, a Star Wars event held in the city of Liverpool over here in the UK. Uh, we're going to hand over to them in a minute just to give us a bit of an update on what the day was, who was there. Any purchases they, I know they did make, <laughs> uh, and quite a lot of them by the looks of it as well. Uh, that's going to be item number one. We're really going to jump into some news. Uh, a bit of an update on on Solo. You know, it's been out in the cinema now, uh, or in the theatres for for a good four five maybe even six weeks now uh probably not in the cinema anymore due to its performance but nevertheless a bit of quick run through on that some other news updates on episode nine a couple of rumors that are flying around and in any closing business so first and foremost andy dave you guys attended what looked to be an absolutely amazing event in 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 liverpool um in the early part of july i'm going to hand over to, to to the both of you guys to kind of lead it from now um, who was there what was it what was it called over to you do,
1: okay. Do, do you want this
2: one, Andy? I, I, I'll, I'll lead if you want. I don't mind. Um, yeah, it was awesome, actually. Uh, so I, I travelled up from Birmingham, where I live, which is about two hours away from Liverpool. Dave's slightly, uh, slightly more local, but still, still over an hour, a few, I think, wasn't it? Yes. Um, and yeah, so there was a, a, an exhibition centre in Liverpool that was sort of converted. One of the well, one of the halls in this exhibition centre that was converted, and there was there was a number of uh, events and exhibition type type stands um most of them selling wares uh which i think we might get onto very shortly uh but yeah I, I really enjoyed it um i think i mean i, I took my other half becky um dave you took your son william he looked like he had a fantastic time he did um he yeah
1: i mean what, what was your highlight of the day dave what's my highlight <laughs> I think actually it it comes down to a purchase of all just, things. Just
0: before you uh, jump
1: into your okay. Okay, before before I get on to the, the purchase, I mean the, the event was the Star Wars Gathering, um, and I think it, it needs a, a bit of a shout out because it was the first one they've ever done in Liverpool. So um, I won't mind when we do publish this um, if we could just tagged them in the post because they did a really, really good job. Um, as as Andy said, it it was really, really well organized. One of the most well organized fan events I've been to, to be fair. Um, dare I say it as well organized a celebration, maybe. I I agree with that. I was just about to say that it was obviously on a smaller scale, but it was no less professional. No, No, it was really, really good. Um, and as Andy said, uh, there was a number of stalls um, selling, but there were also a number of um, cosplay groups, uh, semi-professional cosplay group groups, who um, do this for charity and to raise funds. Now, the event itself was in um, to raise money for Marie Curie. So it's a great... Uh, I, I, for, for our non-UK listeners, Marie Curie is a cancer... Uh, research and more importantly caring uh, charity they look after people and their families who are going through um, cancer uh, in all its forms and they do a fantastic job of palliative care um, yeah I like that. they need all the support they can get really for the, the, the hard work that they put in for people So it was all in favour, all in honour of them and raising money for them. So there were a number of uh, cosplay groups there who were raising money. um, And the, oh no, I'm sorry, William even, um, ended up shooting troopers, which was pretty cool. Um, So you you could pay money uh, to have an earth gun and then just go mental with (laughs) stormtroopers.
0: They didn't try to shoot him back, did they?
1: No, no, they just well, they they tried to dodge. Did they miss? Um, he, hit, he hit a number of times. There was a couple of headshots, <laughs> um, but no, it was it was good. It was good. Um, and and as Andy said, there was, there was also a, a central stage set up again on a smaller uh, scale than celebration. Um, but right in the middle of the hall, pretty much, as you as you walked in, there was one central space that had been cleared. That was loads of chairs and a central stage, and they had a number of guests on there because there were people doing signings, and these individuals were, um, they would come up and ooh, how long would you say, Andy, an hour or so? Yeah, something like that. Forty-five minutes to an hour, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and they would be chatting about their experiences on Star Wars. I um, know there, there were a few, I don't know, it, it depend, depending upon how well people are up on their Star Wars um, who's who. There were a few people there, some people that I've met before, um, some people that I've spoken to before, but also people I've not, uh, but who are still um, well known within the Star Wars uh, the wider Star Wars community. Um, so so you, had, you had fairly recent people. You had the new Darth Vader, uh, or the, uh, by Darth Vader, the new physical Darth Vader, obviously the voice is still James Earl Jones, um, a, a guy called Spencer Wilding, who I think might even be Welsh. Possibly. Um, anyway, uh, and you also had Chris Nolan, and I think, it's, I think his, his full name's Christopher Patrick Nolan. From a um, um, artistic per, perspective, I think he has to use the Patrick just to differentiate himself from Chris Nolan, the, the US actor. Um, and he played the one of the Alderanian troopers, the one who escapes from Vader on the Tantive four and passes along the, the plans to Leia and also hits the button that says launch. So he quite often goes to events and does launch, for, <laughs> like when things open and things start. Um, you you had the original, or some of the original um, Ewoks, um, not the most famous, obviously, with Warwick Davis, um, but a, a couple of the others, such as Brian Wheeler. Um, you also had the guys that... Um, controlled Yoda, and they were first up for the, on the stage as well. And they they have a great talk. Um, so a guy called Dave Barkley and Nick Maley Malley, Mailey? Um, and and throughout the day there were events like that. Um, now I, I said I say it's fantastically run. It was. Um, but for me, I think that the only disgruntlement I might have with it was that they had a full day of events, so the stage to the stage was used pretty much all day. And there was fantastic. I don't know what her name was. I, I can't remember what the lady's name was. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch her name. No, you know when you go to the celebration, you got the warmer packs who, oh, yeah. who fill there in was, between uh, and what
0: have you. Yeah, so in it was a Europe, lady. Yeah, we had sorry. Yeah, we had Mark Reynolds. And um, DJ Lobot, DJ. as he
1: was known, has. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the lady that was doing it in in Liverpool, she she was brilliant. She was really good. And I, Andy said this because I I said, oh, I I reckon that she she is a full on fan because she seemed to know quite a bit and she could hold the conversation. And Andy, Mister Cynic, <laughs> never mind Mister Lego, uh, turns around and goes, either that or she's very well scripted. <laughs> <laughs> It was a very professional performance from her, nonetheless.
2: It was. It was. That's not, that's uh, not to do with respect. I just thought if, if she started, if you he invited her to this podcast, I'm not sure she'd be able to answer many of the questions without the help of some, a pen and paper, perhaps.
1: Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because she, well, she did you know, talk about her daughter and, and what have you as well being fans. So I, I don't know. I, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, and I think she was a fan well, she, she did a good job. She did a really good job. She was, she was. I, I used the word hype. I mean, she wasn't really
2: hyping the crowd, but you know what these guys have to do, sort of, you know, introduce the acts and get everyone excited. And I thought she did a really yeah. good job of that.
1: Yeah, she did. She did. Um, but, but, but as, as I said, the only gripe I would have was the fact that it, from the perspective of the floor space and what there was to do over the course of the day. It wasn't a full day's event for me. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if you would agree with that, Andy. I mean, yeah. I, we, were, we were sort of, I mean, I think what, three and a bit hours
2: I think we were there? And that was enough. I mean, yeah. we, we'd been to every stand. I think we'd exhausted our, our potential purchases. I mean, I'd also exhausted the patience of my other half with what I was trying to buy. <laughs>
0: um,
2: so, yeah. But when we were done, we were done then. I think it was about half 12, wasn't
1: it? It was, and, and the doors opened at nine. Um, so I, my, as I said, the only gripe, and this is, it is a small gripe when you think about it, was the fact that the the stage events carried on all the way through till when the event finished, which was about half five in the, the afternoon. And as as Andy said, we pretty much exhausted what we could do on the floor. Now I don't know if this was impacted by the fact that the World Cup um, quarterfinals, was it quarterfinals? Yeah, I think it was. So it against was, Sweden, yeah. England, England were playing Sweden that afternoon. So I don't know if that impacted traders who were going, who decided maybe we won't go because it's not going to be a good turnout or whether traders may have pulled out because they thought we want to go watch the football and we don't want to go to the event. I don't know. Um, it was a fairly packed floor. I'm not saying it was an empty floor, um, but possibly if there had not been the football, it might have, there might have been more traders and more things there that would have carried over the full, what, what would have been eight hours, I guess. Yeah, potentially. That's the, that's the other. That was that's the only thing for me, and, and I think that the guys that are organised this um, really do need a shout out for doing a fantastic job. And I'm hoping that they do again, again next year and, and keep doing it because if, if that's the first one when they've had no prior, so to speak, they've done a phenomenal job. Really, really well done. Oh yeah, I
2: second that. I thought they did a really good job. I really enjoyed it. because I say, it was worth um, it was worth us coming up from Birmingham. It was like, you know, two and a half hours on the train, and, and we, we thought, yeah, it was great day. Great day out.
1: It was. Tickets weren't a bad big price, no, no. It was about 15, 16 quid, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad at all.
0: For a, for a day Star Wars ticket, that's actually very, very cheap, let's be honest. If you compare it to, I know comparing it to Celebration might be a bit harsh, uh, because Celebration obviously a lot more established, a lot older. Um, but nevertheless, you know, Ticket for Celebration, we, we got, man, when we went to Europe, we got, what, the two-day pass? And it was like £100 or something stupid like that. So, yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's re- re- very reasonably priced. And you got some pretty cool kind of uh, people doing panels and talking by the sounds of it.
1: It was. It was. I mean, there was... it. <coughs> It was good, really good. There, there was stuff to take photos against. You could have your photos taken with any number of stormtroopers and any age. You could. There were sets that you could have photographs taken against. Maybe not as many of them as you get celebration, but then celebration has access to um, much more money, much more backing. So I think I think it would be a disservice to, to judge it against that uh, for what it was. I think it was, it was. I might also, bearing in mind, I go to the the event that happens in Burnley every year. Should I say, I, I do think it was better, better organised than the one in Burnley. Wow! And to be fair, they've been doing it for ten years, and theirs theirs is good. I'm not saying that theirs is poor, but I think that this was a better event. So I'm really hoping that they carry on doing these.
0: So hopefully, this can be something for them to build on for uh, for 2019. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. And then while the uh, while the guests that they had are, are pretty cool, I think arguably you'd probably say if they managed to get a, a one of the main actors or one of the bigger characters, um, that could yeah. also be a, a bigger draw, perhaps. But nevertheless, if it's its first first year of, of learning and, and putting the groundwork in, you know, um, hopefully next year they could do something bigger and better. And hopefully um, I'll be able to get up there next year. <laughs> No, definitely no. It'd be really good.
1: Again, things just conflicted, so it was ended up just being Andy and myself, really. Not that Andy was a poor substitute for everybody else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice recovery. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so, so I think going back to going back to Andy's first first kind of earlier comment there, Dave, and and to you as well, Andy. To be fair, mate, what was a highlight for you both? Um. For, well,
2: for me. It was, again, it, it links to purchases. Um, should, should we should we start reading off what we bought, Dave, do you think? After you, mate. How, i know, fine. Um, so let's start with the smaller things. So my other half got a, a couple of very, very nice ladies' um, Star Wars T-shirts. And I think we got a couple of other little things, like a, a key ring and, and something else. Um, and I got some cufflinks, which were also pretty cool. What's, um, what's so it wasn't just sort of the collectible stands. It was They had homewares and then... A few bits and pieces of clothing as well. It was, it was quite varied. Um, but my two main purchases were Lego-related, as you can probably imagine. No. <laughs> no. I can hear the shock. I can hear that it's audible, the, the shock of, of, me, of me saying that. So there were two older sets, actually. Um, one, I think, is of 2009. I haven't got the box or anything to hand. I can't read the euro, but... Um, the first one I got was the Battle of Endor, which is a cracking set, really, really, really nice. Um, yeah, looking forward to explaining that one. Um, and yeah, the, the, the second one I got was the the older Rancor Pit, which is also pretty cool, um, and means that I've now got a legitimate excuse to buy Jabba's Palace, which which connects to it. <laughs>
0: nice.
2: I think that was everything. I think I, I, I can't remember buying anything else.
1: No, it was when we went into Liverpool. Afterwards, you picked up another Lego. Yes, set, didn't you? yes, I, yeah. I, I'd forgotten about that. Actually,
2: <laughs> I did. I did then go. Yes, you are right, Dave. I did then go to the Entertainer and buy the Herming Spider Droid, um, and then I might have gone to the Lego store and bought another couple of non-Star Wars Lego items.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I think you did
2: buy a couple of non-Star Wars Lego items. Yes. Non-Star Wars Lego. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the Mercedes F1 set and the uh, NASA Saturn V rocket. Well,
0: that's Which a train. spaceship, so
2: that kind of counts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I sort of had to um, carrying it back home by the train was. It was interesting. It just about fit on the luggage rack ahead of uh, above us, <laughs> <laughs> and the the bag almost split. But yeah, it was worth it. All back in one piece. I should add as well that the two sets I got from the um, Star Wars gathering were both still completely sealed mint in box oh wow which was um, which was pretty good actually because I think they're I mean they're not like ultra rare ones the um, I think like you, you're talking several hundred pounds to so like the old Cloud City set with the I think there's a there's a fully printed Boba Fett figure in it which is really rare um, but these are both you know they're they're 150-160 they're quid on eBay each um, and yeah there was a significant saving to be had I think there are these were 100 each so wow. Still more, still more than the RRP. But you know, if they're rare, they go up in value, and they only they only carry on to go up in value. So I I almost see it as an investment in Lego, not not a purchase in Lego, which is how I
1: justify it. There
4: you
1: go. So, Dave, what
0: did you pick?
1: Yeah, I got a few pieces. Well. I might, obviously, I'm, I'm looking for slightly different things to Andy. Although a good Lego set, I, I would still be interested. In. And something Andy just mentioned then, before I actually started rattling off what I, what I picked up, one thing I did notice at this event, which is really good to see, it didn't feel, for the most part, there was one trader who I did think was, but for the most part, I don't think that traders were there ripping people off. It didn't feel like that at all. Um... Items were fairly reasonably priced. Um and what I walked away with I would have paid a lot more for if I'd gone through eBay or even if I'd gone through Amazon for some of the, the more recent pieces. So i to be fair, I'm I'm fairly happy with the pricing that they that they were doing. Yeah, mate. Sir. Very fair. There was one guy who I did think was ripping people off. Uh, there was a few items that I would have had an interest in that were on his stall, and I asked inquired about pricing. He didn't have boxes for any of them, and his prices were extortionate. yeah Yeah, and it was just like, I, yeah, it's like, no, I'm not interested then.
0: Yeah, unless they're like rare figures that aren't in box, then you sort of bags. You start to think, well, if they're only if they're mint in box, that's when you start looking at playing a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and he was he was charging without boxes more than I would be paying for box ones. To be fair, wow. Um, in fact, I've, I've got a, a range of Diamond Select one quarter scale figures now the, the the really good range actually and the, the sculpting is fantastic and i've got five of them they've only released nine figures and they only had the license up till about 2010 so you can't get them anymore they don't make them anymore you can get them but you they don't make them anymore so you're picking them up from the types of thing that we went to yesterday from ebay um, you can still pick them up on amazon sometimes um and I'm, I'm hunting now for the final four that I don't have. And they, he had one of them, um, a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it is a really good piece. The face is really well sculpted. It, it, and uh, Alex, before now, we've discussed the, the relative merits of plastic faces. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, but theirs are really good. I would say that they're as good as sideshows, if not better, for some of their sculpts. Wow. Are, are these the ones um, that are on your desk, Dave? Yes, yes. Yes,
2: so I remember, yeah, so they were stunning. absolutely, yeah. the, the detail in those is phenomenal, isn't it? It really is.
1: It really, yeah, it is. Very, very, very and, impressive. and the one, one quarter scale, so they're about six inches bigger than the sideshow ones. Um, really nice pieces. And to be honest, you can pay, depending upon which ones you've got, and depending upon where you're hunting for them, you can pay anything from about £60 to about 250 for a boxed one. Yeah. Um, Depending upon which one's you're after and what have you, and he had the Obi Wan, and he even said he didn't have a lightsaber for the Obi Wan, so it wasn't the complete one anyway. And it didn't look like he had the full robes; it only had he only had the under robes. But anyway, he was still charging seventy pounds for it. he was just like, hey, no, no. If if I was hunting for that in a box, I'd probably be looking at about a hundred, but that would be complete in box seal. It just yeah. And there's a few other pieces. He he had a few of the twelve inch Kenner ones that I, I do collect um from the late nineties. Um which also then merged into the Hasbro figures mm. um in the late nineties, early noughties. Twelve inch range, action man sized figures, really good. Uh, the the quality is hit and miss sometimes, but they're, they're a really nice range. And again, he was selling them unboxed, sometimes without weapons, and his prices range from 20 to about £50 pounds for them. And again, I, the only one I've seen that's been worth paying more than about £20 pounds for them is a the Boba Fett one, because the Boba Fett one seems to be rare uh, um, but for all the others, no, I, there's no way I'd be paying more than 20 quid for them boxed. Mm, 25, 30 tops. So, yeah, he, he was milking fans, I thought. Yeah. And so I, I, I didn't buy anything from him. But that's, that final thing brings me nicely onto what I did purchase, which was my nicest piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a 2001 Luke Skywalker in Endor in Gear on a speeder bike. Um, in his box, um, he's been out of the box. He's been on display. His lightsabers um, faded, but I picked him up for a steal. Um, really happy with the price um, and the fact he's boxed. Um, so I've got the box. where cause I don't, I've got the matching. Uh, Scout Trooper on speeder bike so I've now got the pair of them um, I believe there's a layer one now as well so I might be hunting for the layer one now um, yeah <laughs> um, but if, I, if I'm looking for one boxed on, on eBay at the moment for this this Luke look, I'm looking at £164 on eBay I paid 50 wow
0: yeah
1: that's an incredible saving but I was yeah I, I was quite chuffed with that um, the box is a little bit battered uh, not badly but it's it's 20 year old so no really happy with that
0: yeah for a 20 year old box to be uh, in that good a condition it sounds like the uh, previous owner did well
1: yeah what else and, and then pretty much everything else I got with Black Series actually um, there were a few traders getting rid of Black, well not getting rid of but um, um, with Black Series and so I decided to, to bolster my Imperial forces um I picked up the Jubak and Sand Trooper, which is a beautiful piece. It really is. I've got him out. Um, He's on display with my other two Sand Troopers. One's an officer and one's a a sergeant. So it's nice to have all three of them. Um, I also picked up the Death Star uh, Trooper. Again, really nice piece. Um, I also got my Imperial Guard, which I've been hunting for a bit. I picked up. um, We well, we went to Forbidden Planet in Liverpool after we'd left the event, and I managed to pick up Thrawn. uh,
0: The Black Series Thrawn.
1: Black Series Thrawn. Yeah, it's a really nice
0: figure. Really is.
1: It is. It is. Um, And what? And I like the. I like the character. It's nice as well. It's a nice figure in the white. Um, intelligence um, uniform it's really nice and then I also picked up the Luke in the Desert Gear the original um, A New Hope Desert Gear Tatooine with his, his land speeder so it's another really nice set. And to be honest, I was chatting with Andy about this afterwards. I did overpay that one. I might have probably paid about £5 more than I should have done for that. But I no, it was a nice set and I did well on the other, the other pieces. So I was quite happy to just overpay on that one. It, as Andy said, it's an investment longer term anyway. It will go up in price. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that.
0: Another investment piece
1: yeah I'm like, he's out of the box now so I've also asked to devalue him but <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep him for longer enough that like he will be worth so much very cool, very uh, cool. And, and then a couple of books uh, I picked up a couple of art books from A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back um, which I, actually just on that one sorry I'm, I'm turning to another monologue place. apologies um <laughs> <laughs> books are fantastic. I didn't realise this when I picked them up, but I knew that they had lots of the um, concept sketches for the various different um, characters, vehicles, pieces, places and and what have you. So it's got like the original Ralph McQuarrie um, artwork and and what have you. But what I didn't realise when I initially got them, but when I actually looked at them in more detail is that the first Three quarters of the book. So is the original screenplay by George Lucas, and then alongside the the script of the movie, there was the original artwork for some of the characters and some of the places. So it's really nice the way it's been set down. Um, so you've got like the original sketches of the a uh, scout walker, which ultimately became the um, ATDP. Um, you had the original concept sketch for the small troopers with the lightsabers. Um, I love that. It movie. even has the yeah. It even has the original the Star Wars logo rather than Star Wars. So now it's, it's yeah, Paradise books. Actually, I'm, I'm quite chuffed for them. Um, It was just a young lad getting rid of them. Mm. He was there with his parents. I think it was the first event he might have been to. And he was looking after part of the stall. His parents were looking after the rest of the stall. And they were his things to get rid of, if that makes sense. Mm. So no, no, it was was a nice event, really nice event. That's me done, sorry. No, it
0: sounds like a really good time um yeah you know gutted that guy that can join you both uh it sounded really good and that's a really awesome recap for you guys yeah we'll give the guys a shout out on twitter uh and also mention when we post this podcast onto soundcloud and itunes as well for sure on to our next section we're gonna get a bit of a wrap up uh, on some of the news for you guys that's coming out of the star wars universe uh recently um and no podcast will be the same if we didn't kind of touch on solo uh so solo obviously came out Released May 24th, 25th, uh, over here in the UK and and in the US. Uh, We all know how it's not done as expected. Uh, We're not going to go into the details as to thoughts and opinions as to why. If you want to know our thoughts on the movie, guys, we've done a couple of solo uh, spoiler reviews. We go way into spoiler territory on that. So check those out on uh, SoundCloud and on, on iTunes as well. But it's now done $384 million globally, which... On, on paper, is isn't bad, but when you look at how much the rumours of how much it costs to produce the reshoots and then marketing costs, it's the first Star Wars film to ever make a loss. Uh, I think that's fairly accurate to say. Um, and hopefully it's a blip on a almost perfect record uh, for, for Star Wars, you know, Um some of us have been fortunate enough, you know, Mera and Dave, you guys saw the, the the first movie in the cinema back in the day, uh, and obviously us younger guys have seen it further down the road with other the new films that have come out and whatnot. But I mean, hopefully, Solo is a blip. Even though I think collectively we know the film is absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and one thing that is, is hopeful for me is that when it does come out on on you know on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, etc., that the fans who haven't seen it actually kind of dig deep into their pockets to, to get the Blu-ray uh, as well to maybe make it a little bit more money because it, it deserves a bit more credit, uh, in my opinion it does anyway, um, and I think that this film should be a lesson learned for Lucasfilm, again we've gone through where we think the the, the franchise might go uh, in, in previous podcasts, but that's just a bit of an update on that guys, I mean Ali, quick 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 question to you as you've not really spoken much uh, today, but like I mean, when, when you look at how things have gone for Solo, it could have gone better. But, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I can't say that we've lost him. Um, but he's still there. But he obviously can't speak. Um, I'll, I'll direct that question to Meryl instead then. Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the blooper reel keeps on growing. Uh, this is awesome. Um, yeah, so Meryl, kind of obviously we've seen what, what damage has been done to Solo. You know, any any kind of... Thoughts on that from you?
4: I, was, I, I am disappointed in the sales and that people are, you know, didn't go to it in the theatres because it really is a good piece of work. I, I liked the story of, of Solo. I think that it's, um, it's unfortunate that some people decided not to see it because of whatever reason. Um, in my mind, there's not really a good reason not to see a good movie and a Star Wars movie um and make your own opinions about it um so i do hope uh, and agree with you that um hopefully dvd sales blu-ray sales listen to me old timer here yeah, saying dvd um <laughs> will kind of um make that turnaround and people will be like oh, i shouldn't have listened to so-and-so and gone to see it in the theater so because it's really good work good story
0: yeah, couldn't agree more. Was, agree was more. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ali, over to you. Do you want to carry on with that as well? Yeah, no, I, I completely
3: agree. And I, I do wonder though, if this is going to turn out to be a really odd summer in the box office. I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago it was the worst that the UK had performed in five years for a week. I think that um, there's a lot of lot of films out there and it's cinema. Ticket prices get more and more expensive. People have to be selective as to what they go and spend their money on. And I'm wondering if some of that fatigue is being shown through. I mean, I know Jurassic World's done really well, but and obviously the Avengers as well. But if you look at some of the other ones, I wonder if something like the Incredibles has performed as it's supposed to. And I, I just wonder if, if we're seeing a summer where people are actually using their money in different ways, and that's partly to blame as well, more than we thought before. Yeah.
0: That- and I think that's an interesting point, though, actually, because when you think of this time of year as well, um, especially in the UK, you know, obviously football or soccer for our American listeners uh, is obviously the sport in this country. And I think with the World Cup and England doing pretty well, a lot of people are spending their weekends kind of going to pubs and watching football. Uh, but also, again, for for the benefit of anyone who doesn't live in the UK, at the moment we're going through a bit of a, a bit of a heatwave uh, for like three four weeks. The UK has been hit with weather in like the mid twenties, thirty degrees, so eighties, eighty five degrees for, for, for those of you that use Fahrenheit. And you know, while that isn't super warm if you live in somewhere like Florida or, or South California or Australia, but for us in the UK at the moment the weather is unbelievably hot. Um, so I think that that's also an impact. You know, when when it's a nice hot sunny day, nobody wants to take their family to the cinema and pay Fifty pound for cinema tickets when you can take them to the beach and take them there for like for free, you know. And I think that's probably an impact as well. That's very good
1: point. It? it has been like Tatooine in England.
0: Yeah, my my garden does look like the Jinnan Waste uh, at the moment. With the, the grass is a lovely colour of yellow uh, rather than green, sadly.
1: But uh. <laughs> Our, our pond is going down and down. We've got we've got a number of fish in the pond and they're just swimming in a smaller and smaller pool.
0: <laughs> we need some rain in the UK. I never thought I'd ever hear
1: myself say that, but we do. Interesting. I, I was going to say, we went into the cinema today to buy a gift for somebody who wants us want a gift, though. But they were showing a trailer for, and, and I apologise to all Star Wars fans that I'm going to utter, the name of this movie on our podcast. But they were showing Mamma Mia 2 as a trailer. Now, my wife is, as, as everybody probably don't know doesn't really like Star Wars that much. Um, but she did like Mamma Mia. But she said that the Mamma Mia 2, because it's almost like it's a flashback to how everything happened before, like 20 years before or 30 years before um, the original Mamma Mia movie. Amy said that, and that doesn't appeal to her because she already knows the story. And I'm just thinking that links into what Ali said about maybe why some people have avoided Solo and potentially why some people didn't think Rogue One was as good, because for some people, the view is, we already know this story. It's in the past now. I want to look to the future. I want to see what happens next. And I just thought it was an interesting view from my wife because I thought she would be all over this Mamma Mia movie. That's really interesting, actually. So so that general feeling of, of,
2: yeah, not wanting to look behind in a timeline but actually wanting to look forward isn't necessarily Star Wars-specific because that Mamma no. Mia film is technically a prequel. I'm guessing it is. Yeah. It's, the fant- it's the phantom menace of the Mamma <laughs> Mia
1: films, <laughs> which yeah, implies that bad there's bad. going to be more of them. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. What one was bad enough? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that this one bombs at the center and there's never ever go there again, please. <laughs> the
4: remakes too. I mean, they're rebooting and remaking, and I don't know.
1: Well Marvel keep doing that, don't they? Well I, I well I say Marvel, it's not Marvel that have done that. Although although they did there was almost like a change of Hulk. But they the other franchisees that, that have got the license to some of the Marvel characters, especially Spider Man. Yes. Oh gosh. For God's sake. How many reboots have we had of Spider Man? Now fair enough, the the current one is really good and it ties into the, the MCU. But They've just rebooted the, 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 the life out of that franchise.
4: Yeah.
1: And in, in some ways, Batman is the same. Every few years, there's a reboot of the franchise and a brand new beginning and yeah. a brand new way of doing it. Well, even Jurassic Park
4: many kill dinosaurs. You know?
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah, indeed. indeed. I mean, at, at least they've moved forward, I guess. True. At least
1: they've jumped forward. And, and it is... It, it's a new movie. It's not a rehash. Even though the themes are the same and even though the situations are the same, um, it is a brand new story, taking the stories forwards at least.
4: Right. But I mean, how many times can you be warned? It's the second be film. Dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: No, I like true. Them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoy them for whatever. But I, I'm just sitting there going, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. We we don't we ignore the warning, is that how we really are? Yeah. Get eaten or? Yeah, yeah. Who who in their right
0: mind would keep going back to an island that has got a a fifty foot Tyrannosaurus Rex? It's like you know.
1: And who in their right mind would think let's take these dinosaurs off the island and let's see how they how they interact with people in in a different situation? Yeah.
0: Let's take him to a really high-populated city and see what happens. Yeah. Spo- Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, have you not seen Godzilla? I mean, come on. Uh. Have you not
3: seen the second Jurassic Park?
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, you- the- I, and that, actually, I do think that is that is the next point, though, to, to my sequel fatigue thing, is that some of these films, and, and in particular I think this applies to something like Batman, where Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale That trilogy is so brilliant. Storytelling, aesthetically, music, everything about it is brilliant. How do you do a film better than that? And I wonder if that's the same as something like Jurassic Park. And it is a bit nostalgic of me to say this, I know. But how do you do something better than the first Spielberg, Jurassic Park, with dinosaurs? I think you're setting yourself up for slight disappointment, no matter what happens. And people have seen it before. And when you try and go to, not the second one, but the third iteration or the second plus one iteration, you've got yourself in a situation where you've given the reboot a chance and you think, well, it wasn't as good as the original, so why should I keep bothering with this? Do
2: you know what I think one of the big drivers is, Ali, as well, is CGI. I think, you know, 20, yes. 25 years ago, however old the original Jurassic Park was, people probably look at it now, these big, you know, Hollywood directors with mega budgets and think, do you know what? We can throw... Thousands, millions of dollars worth of CGI at this, and it is going to look epic, 4K, IMAX, 3D, whatever. But actually, the story, the storyline, just falls down compared to the original. No one wants to see the new one more than the original one. The original one will always be the original. There's no, do you know what I mean? Even if yeah. it has got shoddy CGI, or whatever. Imagine at some point down the line, heaven forbid this happens, but. Imagine if they said we're going to remake a new Hope,
1: I mean, well, ultimate look, CGI.
4: Oh, well, They've really already that. done that. Well, <laughs> well
1: yeah, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree. I mean, you could argue the Force Awakens was, but I mean, officially, I do you know, know what I mean? Official, official no, no, reboot so. of Star Wars, I
2: mean, and, no, and and literally redo
0: it. Everyone
1: would be up in arms about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, but remember edition?
1: the podcast I did with William?
0: Yeah.
1: And his, his biggest gripe about it, he is an 11-year-old, he is a boy of this generation of CGI, and his biggest gripe with A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back was, not I was CGI, Dad. Oh, it's so like, funny. child, you're a blasphemer.
0: Right. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I, I mean, love you, Dave. child, but... Oh. <laughs> Dave when you when you showed him the New Hope and when you showed him Empire Strikes Back did you show him the special edition or did you show him the original
1: special editions
0: see that's an interesting one because arguably you could say George Lucas was like a victim of his own success when he did the special edition when he then did the Blu-ray edition he, he was always tweaking it He was he, in his mind he was always trying to make it better but if yes. you speak to most Star Wars fans I'm going to say most because maybe not all but they would he- easily say to you, you know what? I would rather watch an original theatrical release version of A New Hope than the special edition version. And then on top of that, because of the Blu-ray. Um, so I, you know, you-, you could say that George Lucas kind of pioneered that kind of way of working. He took what was arguably a-, a brilliant film, probably one of the best ever made, but tried to make it better because he thought that technology would improve it. But it's not always the technology that improves a film, it's the storytelling, it's the theming, it's the music, it's everything else that comes along with it. And I think he, he started that, and now we're seeing this, this same kind of knock-on of good films, like you pointed out earlier, the first Jurassic, film, which is an, uh, Jurassic Park film, which is an absolute classic, all of a sudden, everybody thinks that they can do it better. It's like, well, just leave it alone and do something original.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? How many... If you have a look at all the big summer franchises at the moment, all the big movie franchises, how many of them are retreading original stories? This year, I'm just going to rattle off a few here. We've had Ant-Man 2. We've got Jumanji. um, Welcome to the Jungle, or whatever it was. You've got the Infinity Wars. It's a continuation of a story. It's not a brand-new story. You've got Black Panther... Now, he'd already appeared originally in Civil War, so it's a continuation of an existing character in an existing setting. You had Star Wars Solo, you've got Deadpool 2, you've got Incredibles 2. All of these, none of these are brand new stories. None of these are brand new. Wow, let's have a look at something different one of my favourite movies I think it was last year one of my favourite movies of last year that was something completely different was Valerian yeah I'm a
0: fan of Valerian must
1: have that was a really good film it was and it was just something so different that wasn't linked to anything that you'd seen before although it was a Luke Besson film and it did look like he was using costumes from Fifth Element but other than that it was a brand new movie
0: yeah yeah, and I think that's a fair point because I mean, when you look at, if you want to go down a path of a superhero story, I mean you chuck in Mission Impossible. You know, Mission Impossible yes. I mean, it's made a lot of money. I forgot
1: about that one. Was it number 5? Number 6?
0: Fast and Furious is number 8. Transformers is number 6. Oh. <laughs> you know, there doesn't seem to be any original I mean, arguably you could say comic book movies are are, are not original anyway because they're using comic books as the, as, as the storytelling mechanism, but you know, you've not got anything original because I think maybe studios are too scared to take a risk. You know, you've got you've got brands like DC who are not not doing the best job of, of making films and, and you know showing. We've got Aquaman that's coming out later on in the year, Now, I enjoyed the character in the Justice League film; I thought it was pretty cool. But then you hear stories that they're bringing out a Joker film that isn't related to the Suicide Squad Joker, Jared Leto, but is being played by Joaquin Phoenix that has nothing in relation to do with the current platform, and I'm thinking, well, hold on, you're now creating movies very similar to, to, to the comic books where you've got the multiverse and you've got different universes where the same character exists but they're different people. And that's just going to confuse cinema goes uh, in my opinion, because yes. if, you're not, if you're not used to the whole concept of a multiverse, the way you do in, in Marvel and, and indeed DC, cinema goes are going to go, I remember watching him in Suicide Squad, so I'm not going to watch him because he was a bit rubbish. Or they're going to go, oh, this is a really good joke. I'm going to go and see it, and then when they walk in there, they're going to go, this isn't what I was expecting. Um, so there's no real original movie telling stuff. Movies. I mean, as a as as the geek that I am, if they make DC, Marvel, and Star Wars films forever, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. But for the non nerd who likes to watch the odd sci-fi stroke fantasy
1: movie in the cinema or comic book movies they're going to be like well this is getting boring now there's also an issue to what's already done yeah
2: there's also an issue about saturation um, which I won't go into too much detail on because I know we've talked a lot already but it's affecting all of the creative arts now I'm I'm massively into music of all genres um, old and new and for the last two or three years especially I've noticed that Newer songs that have been released by new artists are so often sampling two or three older tracks, yes. and it's because there's a limited number of instruments, there's a limited number of notes, there's a limited number of styles. So sooner or later, it's it's at capacity almost. The the, the music, you know, the the, the musical spectrum is, is almost at capacity. So they're just sort of rehashing each other's work at a different tempo or a different in- or a different key or something like that, and I think that's. It's affecting films as well because if you if you now try and think of an original film idea, it's probably already been done by someone. So that it's
1: it's it's almost a, it's almost a capacity issue, I think. As well, it's also a case of they're not prepared to look to other material. Right. So Valerian is a good example because yeah. Valerian they look to a comic book, fair enough. So they've used an existing medium and an existing established story. We didn't do that well in the US box office, so I don't think we'll see Valerian 2. Despite it being a really good movie, it was because it didn't gain traction in the US market because no one knew who Valerian was because it was a European brand. And it's sad, that, because it was such a really good movie. And you, you do have... There's a history of things that have been done and, and flops at the cinema. So uh, Disney themselves, they did John Carpenter, and the John Carpenter novels. I mean, I read a lot, and the John Carpenter novels are good stories. I mean, the stories from years and years ago that were wrote in a in a different period of time to what we live in today. But the the film, despite having very strong CGI. The story, as it was transposed into the into the movie, just didn't. It wasn't brilliantly done from a from a script from a story perspective, and so it caused a a massive loss for Disney. I'm sure it was a Disney movie.
0: Yeah, it was um, oh, John Carter.
1: Yeah, I think it's. It, I think it's their largest ever loss, isn't it?
0: Probably, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, and and I think this this is actually quite an interesting topic to kind of tie into the. Actually, to the next news item that I was going to reference for, for, the, for today is that what has been announced is that Billy D. Williams is returning in Episode 9. <laughs> so again, it's got, you're using an older established character coming in to Episode 9. Um, I mean, arguably, you could say, why wasn't he in Episode 8? But it is what it is. Or well, 7. Or 7 indeed, you know, where, where has he been all this time? He knows that the First Order's around. And when I when I saw the news, because uh, obviously there was rumours about it anyway, people said, oh, we've seen Billy Dee Williams, he's been going into the gym, he's been doing this, that and the other, and he's not been going to some conventions because he's been too busy filming. Um, and, when, and when it was kind of confirmed that he was actually going to be part of Episode 9, I must admit, I was I was really happy. The Star Wars fan in me was like, great. What they've probably seen is that Lando in Solo, again, linking back to that, his, his character was portrayed ridiculously well um, by Childish Gambino. I forgot what his real name is. Donald Glover. Donald, yeah. Donald Glover, thank you. Um, and they've probably seen the, the, the impact on that and thought, you know what, actually, let's bring him back, which makes perfect sense. And um, I'm just intrigued to think of where they're going to take Lando. Um, but the other hesitation that I've got is that how are they going to kill him as right. every, <laughs> other, wrong, they every other established character that they've got, they've killed. And I'm sitting there thinking, exactly. all right, what are they going to do to Lando? Um, or, or, or am I just being super negative with that one? Uh,
4: uh, <laughs> finally a hero's sacrificial death? I, don't... I think,
1: you know, I'm, I have the same fear. Me too.
4: be running Wait,
1: Waiting for my next icon to be murdered on screen.
4: Huh. I don't even know it's how quite, can you write a meme now
0: it's quite depressing when you think about it
4: <laughs> i think there's a meme going around where mickey mouse is the green reaper and-, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. or something. and i'm like ouch but it's true i mean they had han solo you know with blood outside the door and then luke skywalker with blood outside the door <laughs> and here's mickey mouse head on the grim reaper with his scythe and (laughs) ready to go to Lando. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just like, at first I was like, what? And then I'm like, I'm not surprised that that has surfaced.
1: Yeah. And I I think that leads us back to the thought that maybe they should not have gone back and retrod the original characters. Right, right. Maybe they should have dropped in a couple of generations, moved it to a different period of time, either before well before. You've got all this history of Star Wars. You could have gone to yes. that. Or jump forward a couple of generations, see something fresh, something new, a, a galaxy that maybe Luke and Leia had, had established. Elude to be
4: past heroes, but move on. and yes. Kind of like, oh, they're yes. legends now and what they did for the yeah. Force, and let's be like that. Yeah, I agree. Yes.
1: Instead, what we've seen is a tarnishing and ultimate murder of each character.
4: Yeah.
1: So here's hoping Billy Dee Williams does well.
4: <laughs> I think well I'm sure he will, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, he's. How are they going to Maybe write we a... should open a book,
1: see how long he lasts in the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take bets? No. <laughs> what? I've got an hour and twenty minutes. I'm calling it right now.
1: <laughs> Give maybe, maybe it's our next our next poll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, Ali. Make a note, please, mate, for our next Twitter poll. We're going to ask our listeners when do we think Lando's going to get killed off in the uh, episode nine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you know what though? Um, I was I was speaking to Alex about the software. I've I've gone back and sorry to bring up Star Trek into this podcast but in the jj abrahams films they had to deal with a couple of deaths and situations of of big people and it and it really did make me realize just how respectful they did that and particularly jj abrahams because he directs the first and second star trek and what really he could have done if he had been given the second film because i just i just think it's gone in a completely wrong tangent because of because of things like that and you know you watch the behind the scenes documentaries and it makes you more and more realize what the hell were they thinking in letting this Graham Johnson keep going and to doing something he's got no clue about and doesn't really believe in.
4: I mean, granted, yes. we didn't know about, like, I mean, Carrie Fisher passing. So, I mean, how could you?
3: But they did, they did though. Uh, like when they, when they were actually doing the editing, they did. Oh, so, yeah, that's true. And so they could have found a way to be like, you know what? We need to reshoot some of Hamill's scenes right now. Yes. We need to change Luke. We realise this has gone wrong. He said it. He, you know, yeah. so, you know. Perry he said Richard's it died. repeatedly. Well, yeah, and, and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the documentaries yet, Dave. But oh, it Christ. will, it will completely re. It really shines a light on that in a way which you know I kind of give credit to to the team at Lucasfilm for doing, but I think. Probably would open up the argument even more if people sat down and watched
0: it. It's funny you say that because I think for uh, what we should do is obviously we've we've done uh, reactions, we've done reviews on on the movies and whatnot. And I think what would be a really good podcast would actually be a reaction to that documentary. You know, yeah. I've seen it as well. I know you've seen it, Ali. Um, Dave, I know you've only seen the movie once and you probably never want to watch it again. But
1: but um, <laughs> well, I don't have a disc yet. I don't have a disc of the. Uh, um, Last, last year I I'm waiting for it to end up in the bargain bin somewhere
4: when I first saw that it was very emotional for me I'm mm. watching Mark camel literally struggle mm. eternally I don't know about you guys uh, yeah. seeing it but there's um, I just wanted to reach through that screen and tell him it's like we still love you it's not yeah.
0: it's just you want, you to give him a hug bird. yeah well my
3: my girlfriend likes Star Wars but in in no way would I and she does listen to our podcast, but in no way would I say she's like a huge Star Wars fans. Watching that documentary about halfway through she was like, What the hell have they done? And she really loved The Last Jedi, by the way. But but she was like, What the hell? Why did they let this continue when they could see on set it was going wrong? And, and there are, there are, there are interesting things on that documentary as well, particularly for Dave, I think, with the Canto bite scene, where oh. actually it's not CGI, they yeah. built it all, they built those sets, they did. And, and you see them doing it, and the way that it goes through it, and you just think, bloody hell, you spent all this money on this, yeah. what were you thinking? And the uh, milking cow thing, why yeah. is that?
4: On that, when they could have had a wonderful, oh don't even get me
3: started with A real milking cow onto the side of an
1: island. I'm not gonna rant. It's just it's just unbelievable. Please, <laughs> please mm-hmm. do, Mara, please, please do. Because it's normally one of us ranting. Mara, this is your show. Please it's, run. <laughs> go for it. It's just that
4: free milking scene, pardon my French. When when Chewie comes in and and Luke is just like Wait a minute, where's Han? This is the perfect opportunity for a bonding moment between, you know, a lifelong friend and, you know, another lifelong friend who have a bond. And it's just treated like, oh, I just banged the door down and here's the bad news. And next thing we're milking a, a sea cow, for lack of a better word, because we've spent so much friggin' money on this prop and oh, it's going to be funny! Har ha ha He's going to squeeze a teat. Okay, I wanted a fulfilled scene of my best friend is dead, and my apprentice killed him. I wanted that. It didn't give me closure to a to a uh, a character that we all love and adored. A proper mourning from a a somebody who wanted to. I can't
0: even speak
4: anymore. I'm just that upset about it. I I completely agree with you. And what
3: makes it worse is, is in that documentary is is that they knew that they were doing that. And it was a conscious decision. And that was so clearly, which came out of that, was the fact that they actually cut the scene where Luke Skywalker's pondering the death. But they were like, oh, we didn't really need it. And and they were actually talking through the fact that they ignored the whole thing. And Ryan's sitting there just... Is
4: this funny?
1: No. Yeah, it's unbelievable. it's, it's, funny. I it's not. just, just. I don't know if you can hear this through my speakers. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> me applauding yeah. Mara's yeah. rant. Yeah. That was awesome.
4: I just maybe it's because I am um, an. <laughs> Alex, I'm always going to, you know, us (laughs) old-timers, I'm reaching for my cane here. (laughs)
0: Because
4: of being there, and I've got so much invested. Star Wars will always mean something more. I've got a new hope on just as we're recording this. And I'm looking at this, and I'm watching this relationship grow, and this friendship and this bond. And, you know, I was just so, I felt robbed of, of a of something I felt we all deserved who've been here all the time. And maybe that's me being, Oh, you know, I want it my way and being a fangirl or something. I don't know, but it would have just been so much more meaningful to give me that satisfaction. And it didn't cost them that much because they already filmed it somewhat. You know, they gave it to us as an extra deleted scene, which could have been, and then it tied into Leia. And I'm just like, that could have been just so powerful. And you gave us a
0: milking scene. So there we
1: go. It was all about cheap laughs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it For didn't us. work. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, even in the documentary, when there's the piece where uh, Ryan Johnson was talking to Luke about throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder. And you can just see the look on Mark Hamill's yeah. face as if to say, D- dude, what are you on about? Um, right. Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of paints a, a, when a picture paints a thousand words or whatever it is. Um, and that makes Mark very, the consummate professional.
4: He he didn't like it. it against every grain in him as an actor and as somebody that knew that character. Um, and yet he followed through and gave his best anyway. Kudos to Mark him for sure.
1: He did. It shows how good an actor he is.
0: Absolutely.
1: How long before he comes
2: out and says his real feelings about it? Do you reckon he will? Do you reckon at some point down the line He's
0: done it, really. He has done it. Yeah, he's
2: done it. I mean, properly let rip, because
1: he must have hated that.
0: Well, Depends on what they do in the next
1: film. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, he he, he did. I was going to say, on the run-up to the movie, which, again, isn't something that you would normally see, but on the run-up to the movie, Mark Hamill was pointing out that he had unhappy feelings about what they did in the movie. And that was before the movie hit cinema. Yes. And he was voicing concerns in a couple of different interviews where Mm -hmm. he'd said, Well, it's not the way I would have done it. It's it's not really my generation anymore. It's not really I'm I'm just an actor and I'm just paid to act. And he Mm -hmm. was saying that and he it would there was genuine I'm not happy with what's been done, but I've been paid to do this job, and I'm do, I've done the job. And he said that all the way through. The movie hit, and then all of a sudden Mark Hamill, and I don't think this was Mark Hamill actually changing the way he was talking, but I think maybe the execs at Lucasfilm had a word with him uh-huh. I don't think I don't think there was any I don't think there was anything negative around that because I don't think he would have bowed to that because Mark Hamill is is definitely someone who who will speak his voice but I think perhaps they turned around and just said Do you know what Mark we appreciate that that you've had this thought we won't mind if you just talked about the positives just for a while though right. and so I think I think he didn't he, he didn't go back on anything he'd said right but he's. His perspective was on the bits he enjoyed about the movie as opposed to the bits with which he felt were wrong about the movie. And then I then saw that his interview that was in the Empire magazine. And again, if anything, it, it reiterates back to the, um, special edition version that's been released with the, um, all the outtakes. Um, if anything, I think Empire Magazine might even have been released in the same month that the disc was released. So that could be why it was on in Empire Magazine. And he was discussing the fact that he voiced his disquiet, his unease at what had been done. And he was told quite firmly by Ryan Johnson this isn't your movie.
0: Right. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, welcome to episode seven of the Last Jedi <laughs> Council. The Last Jedi podcast <laughs> <Social laughs> review. Um, Mera, Mera
1: started this. This was Mera.
0: It <laughs> was oh,
1: encourage it that it, it over no blamer. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
4: know,
0: <laughs> It's funny. I I listen to other Star Wars podcasts, and you know, and I've seen this online a few times, and you you see all the people that love the Last Jedi. Are like, Oh my God! Why are you guys still talking about the Last Jedi? It came out six months ago. I mean, my counter argument to that is the New Hope came out in 1977, and we're still talking about it. So you know, this yes. I, I think the Last Jedi we know it's the most divisive film in Star Wars history, um, and we know that we will continue to talk about it because it has it, it's ruffled too many feathers for us to completely kind of ignore. Right. Uh, and I think each of us have our gripes and. Like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, guys, I really would like to do a proper review collectively uh, once we've all seen the uh, the documentary, because I think that would stir up uh, some emotions, especially from you, from you Dave, uh, to be honest, mate. And
4: um, for the record, I just want to put in there, I didn't hate The Last Jedi. I didn't. I liked a lot of it. But, so no, I just wanted to say that. I didn't hate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> some, some of us did. I know. Name is Let's no just name. say it wasn't my favourite.
4: No, it's not.
0: It's <laughs> so not diplomatic. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> okay, thanks. But um, <laughs> the, the other the other news item that I wanted to kind of touch on uh, today is that um, <clears throat> this week is the start of San Diego Comic Con, uh, and obviously this is the largest comic convention in in well, in the world really. I'd, probably hazard a guess. Uh, we have no Star Wars celebration this year. There is no Disney's D23 this year either. Um, so with that, there's going to be a bit of Star Wars news, I'd imagine, uh, cropping up uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and it's funny, on the on, on the website, comicbook.com, they've actually got a running order of some of the things that's happening uh, at San Diego Comic-Con that, that I really wanted to kind of bring up today, because I think there's a few things that interest me and I think would interest all of the listeners and the first thing that stands out is there is a 10-year anniversary celebration of the Clone Wars uh, and there's a panel that's actually being kind of hosted by Dave Filoni you know I think, oh, wow. yeah that, that was my reaction as well um, I would love to get access to see that uh, some of the uh, panels they actually stream on YouTube or on, on the website and I'm really hoping this is one of them because I would really love to hear what what they say you know the Clone Wars was A turning point, I think, is a better way to describe it from a prequel perspective anyway, because it added a lot of context to what happened during the Clone Wars. We know it was originally uh, referenced in A New Hope, but at that point, nobody understood or even knew what was going on. And then we saw Attack of the Clones, uh, the movie, and obviously where it led to in Revenge of the Sith, but there was nothing in the middle. And this this show, this epic uh, Lucas-produced show with him and Dave Filoni really brought to life uh the the whole clone wars time period um and yeah uh, dave your reaction kind of mimics exactly the same as mine then mate I'd, I'd love to see this and you know we were fortunate enough that we've we've seen uh, the, the whole of the clone wars and i know ali you're a big fan of the show as well um mera have you seen much of the clone wars
4: i've seen all the clone wars and rebels yeah
0: oh i mean th- this must be right up your street as well then yeah absolutely And listeners to the podcast, if if you're actually attending San Diego Comic-Con, you know, please at mention us on any of the tweets because we're not going to get any people out there, sadly. Uh, Don't forget on Twitter, we're at the Jedi underscore council. So if any of you guys are listening and you're attending San Diego Comic-Con and you're going to that panel or any of the Star Wars panels, um, you know, please share with us. We'd love to kind of share and obviously give you guys credit for anything that you send our way uh, just to kind of keep us in the loop of what's going on. Uh, But some of the other things that caught my attention uh, from a Star Wars perspective, and one of them is that there's a Hasbro Star Wars panel, and when I saw this, I thought that was quite an interesting panel to have because there's been quite a lot of hype and a bit of news around the fact that, in the that this from a UK perspective anyway, some of the product that's come out for the Last Jedi for, for Solo hasn't exactly been what sort I of looking for readily available uh, in the UK. Uh, Dave, you know, we, we've spoken about this off air numerous times and kind of wondering what is going on at Hasbro to make them have this approach. Are they being lent on by Disney to maybe not do so much? Are they want to try trying to create the hype of not creating so many because there's a more of a demand? I mean, you know, hopefully we'll get some answers at this particular uh, panel, but what are your thoughts on that, Dave? <laughs>
1: I, uh, believe it or not, I'm uh, chatting to my wife. You know this, this person who hates Star Wars, who also hates my Star Wars plastic <laughs> words. Um, it's, it's amazing that she allows me to, to to get away with it when I know exactly what she thinks of it. But we, we were chatting about this, and it actually came up because my youngest, who's eight, he mentioned that Smiths is the best toy shop in the world, and it's because. Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. I think he's only ever been into a couple... He's been into Toys R Us a few times, but he's not been into one recently, and obviously Toys R Us are now dead. And so I mentioned, uh, because we were just then generally talking about it, and I mentioned the fact that, in part, what happened to Toys R Us was linked to The Last Jedi, strangely, because Toys Toys R Us has, for years, invested quite heavily in Star Wars-related Toys. The, uh, the local Toys R Us to where I live, one of their aisles was almost always 100% Star Wars, or well, not far off 100% Star Wars. I think there was a couple of Marvel bits in there as well. But Star Wars was a massive thing for Toys R Us, and in part, what happened with the Last Jedi. Not that I'm going to write about Last Jedi. This is this, this is more to do with the merchandise piece of it. The, the, Toys Us again invested heavily in the Star Wars merchandise following or on the run-up to Christmas. But the toy sales weren't there in the same way that they had been previously. Now, you can put that down in part to Star Wars fatigue. And, and we've discussed in the past that Star Wars fatigue might be might be real for some people. And I, and I do think that plays a part. But, but let me... Get there if that makes sense. I think it also had something to do with the Marmiteness of The Last Jedi itself. So, okay, to, to, to go backwards then. So, we've discussed previously on other podcasts that Star Wars, to some extent, is a generational thing, in that each generation, every 15 to 20 years, you get a new release of Star Wars movies. And because of that, the merchandise has tended to go in cycles with that. You have the quieter years where things don't are not coming out because there's nothing for them to tie into. You have the the periods, even during the Clone Wars cartoons, where there was a raft of things coming out all tied into the Clone Wars cartoons with odd flashbacks to the original movies or the prequels. Whereas... What we're what we're seeing at the moment is four years on the bounce now of Star Wars movies. Something that we've never had before. And and coupled with that, toy sales that obviously go with that. And that's something that Hasbro have always been really good at and have always been good at tying the toy merchandise into the movies. But this is where the fatigue bit comes in. How many versions of a Darth Vader are you going to buy? Okay, uh, scratch that because I've got hundreds. How many versions (laughs) of a Darth Maul are you going to buy? Again, scratch that because I've got hundreds of them. But you you, you get the idea, if you're just going to re-release existing toys Mm. in a new package for a new movie, and it's exactly the same figure as what was released last year, you're not going to get the toy sales. Except from the, the really ardent fans who want every variation of Maul or every variation of Vader. But they won't want every variation of every character unless they've got bottomless pockets. Yeah. Steve Sansweet, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you've, you've got a bit of fatigue in there, I think, in that you can only re release figures so many times in a certain period before fans just say, you know what, you're milking the fans here, you just release that's exactly the same figures you released last year in a different box. So, so you've got that. Jack specifically do that as well, not to point the finger, but they, they do that with their 18 inch figures. You will see the same figure released in different variations of boxes for The Last Jedi, for the, for Rogue One, for um, Force Awakens. So they do that as well. And that puts off some people. So you do have some toy fatigue there. Mm. But I think the other part of it stemmed from the Marmiteness of The Last Jedi. You had a movie that did very well at the box office, but it didn't introduce that many new characters. Um, the, the only really new characters it introduced was um, Rose and Holdo, and cool you could guy. say the the new Praetorian oh. Guards, the codebreaker, and, and that was.
4: Oh the, J- yeah, no, yeah, but he yeah, didn't
1: DJ. really have a big part to play in it, and his character wasn't likable at all. To be fair, so if you're a kid and right. you want a figure, you might go for Rose because you're a girl and you want a female character that represents you, and I get that, and that's fantastic. Um, and Holdo She was just a variation on Leia in a way. There was nothing special about her character. So she had blue hair, but basically she was human. And one thing that I do think that Ryan Johnson epically failed with in this movie was a failure to bring in new and exciting and different Mm -hmm. characters. And also aliens. There was no aliens in this movie even managed to kill off the existing ones by getting rid of of Akbar. Oh, yeah. So you, you didn't have... If you were a kid... Okay, t- take yourself back 20 years. Take yourself back 30 years. For me, take yourself back 35 years. When I was a kid and I wanted the latest Star Wars figures, I didn't want another Finn in a different costume. Right. I, I wanted a different Ewok, and I wanted... Um, Greedo and I wanted um, Bush or Fallon you, you wanted the unusual ones the, the the ones that stood out the ones that looked completely different and from a kid perspective there was none of those that came out this time round so, so you've got you, I do think that there was a fatigue from from too many toy sales of the same thing coming out time after time. You've then got your two main markets, children and adults for these figures. And children are not going to want the latest version of Poe in a different costume. It's the adult collectors that go for that type of that type of collection, where they want all the variations of Poe, all the variations of Ray in different costumes. That's the adult collector that does that. And the problem was that the movie, from an adult perspective, was Marmite. So a lot of the traditional and original fans of the movies were not fans of The Last Jedi. I don't have any Last Jedi figures in my collection, not one. The only thing I have in my collection that is The Last Jedi linked is the Imperial Walker that I got. 2 months before the movie came out and I got I got the in the black uh, black friday sales yeah not black friday sorry uh, force force friday sales so that's that's what I got i've got nothing else in my collection my collection is over 350 400 pieces now and books even takes it probably well over 500 now and i don't have one piece other than that lego set and I have no interest in buying anything from The Last Jedi. If, if I see a really good figure, if it's carrying The Last Jedi um, branding on the box, I immediately look away from it. I
0: have no interest in it. Well, it's funny you say and, that. And, going. Go sorry. No, I was going to say that's something else that is, is obviously apparent with San Diego Comic-Con, which is obviously where this is kind of stemmed from, in that we always get exclusives uh, available. At San Diego Comic-Con, which we can't get anywhere else. And this is a massive bugbear for, for us, the, the, the kind of hardcore collector that doesn't attend these particular conventions. And going back to what you guys uh, were saying about the convention in Liverpool, every so often you might get the odd reseller cropping up with a exclusive uh, from San Diego Comic-Con, from you know, New York Comic-Con, from Toy Fair, whatever that may be. And there's always one or two that has them. And it's always been a bit hit and miss as to whether or not you'll be able to get them. And, you know, this year is 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 no different. You know, there, there's quite a few different exclusives that are coming out for San Diego Comic-Con. So for all you Star Wars collectors that are heading out there, there's, there's a couple of things that caught my eye first and foremost. We know that there's the new Thrawn Alliance book that's coming out quite shortly. Uh, there is a special edition book cover coming uh, purely to uh, San Diego Comic-Con, which is uh, a meeting, well, the front cover kind of depicts a meeting between Thrawn and Anakin, because obviously what happens in the mo- in the book is that Thrawn teams up with Vader. Um, so that that's, for me that that sounds like an amazing thing. Uh, so obviously that's a good crossover uh, in that respect. But there's a couple of other uh, special editions that are coming out in um, San Diego Comic Con. So Gentle Giant are bringing out a uh, a one six bust of Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi because that's 35 years old this year. Uh, that that looks pretty cool. Hasbro are also bringing out a couple of uh, collector items where they've got uh, Han Solo with a minoc uh, again from Strikes Empire Strikes Back. Back. Uh, yeah, and there's also a, a Kylo Ren and a Ray where they're fighting on Starkiller Base from Force Awakens. You know, these these look really cool. Uh, and for those of us that kind of really like the Star Wars comic books, there's also a limited edition Doctor Aphra uh, on a vintage card. Which I I would love it. You know, I mean, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but I love the vintage card. I love collecting them. I like hunting them down. They are the thing that I like to look for. Uh, and seeing this Dr. Afra on vintage card looks absolutely brilliant. Except I don't know if I'm ever going to get it or not. And that's a massive gripe for me. And I know Dave. You know, we, we've spoken about this before, loads of times, and it's something that we feel that we kind of get left behind if you don't attend these things, even if you're. To be fair, even if you live outside the US, you kind of get left behind even more so because, you know, they can get shipped to the US a lot easier uh, if, you, if you kind of can't attend but you'd like to buy it, you know. And I think that us, us on the other side of the pond, we get left behind a little bit.
1: Well, strangely, um, 2016 was the year of celebration in the UK. So we had the biggest Star Wars event happening in the UK and London. And we all went. Um, we did? Andy, Alex, and myself. Um, obviously, Ali was not part of the group at the time, so we didn't invite him. Um, and Mera was uh, over in the States, for afraid. So, but the three of us went, and there was, there was ex- supposedly, there was exclusives there. And the only exclusive that I remember that was definite was a Kylo Ren Black Series. Oh, I think there was also, there was a fully chrome, Phasma from Jack's Pacific as well, and those are the only two exclusives I remember seeing there. And then you had San Diego Comic Con drop about six weeks later, probably less than that.
0: Yeah, about that. Yeah,
1: and the same Kylo Ren was then that that Comic Con exclusive. So for some reason, it wasn't just a Celebration exclusive. It was actually a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. And then you then had about another 30 different Star Wars exclusives that were all dropping at the San Diego Comic-Con. It's like, this is a general Comic-Con. It's not a Star Wars-related Comic-Con. Why aren't all these Star Wars brands actually trying to flog their ways to pure Star Wars fans? why weren't they at the celebration? Why were they, why were they waiting for the US yeah. Comic Con? Yeah, and that's what it felt like for me. It just It's a case of we, we're just being shortchanged because we're not American.
4: Do they think maybe not interest, which is silly, but...
1: Well if, well, if that's the case, then you don't have a celebration in the UK. Exactly. And that celebration was really good. Yeah. And there was a lot of people who went to that. We were there for, for two yeah. days. We went there Saturday and Sunday. And it was phenomenal.
0: I mean, It was think, busy. Yeah, conversely, when you think, when we went to Celebration in Germany a few years before that, the only exclusive that I can ever remember from a Hasbro perspective was the six-inch Boba Fett that came with hand in carbonite. In carbonite, yeah, yeah. That's the only exclusive that I can remember. Uh, and even then, if yeah. I remember correctly, that also popped up at... Comic Con a few months later as well. Uh, so again, it's it's kind of an exclusive for one, but is it an exclusive for another? So if it's an exclusive for another, it's not very exclusive. No, you know.
1: And and I'm, I'm not saying what the numbers were for the London uh, Comic Con, uh, London celebration. But I remember from the German one, they were touting out numbers that there was over twenty thousand people went to that event. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the German celebration was not a small event.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, a few years ago, they published some stats around like, fan numbers and stuff. And outside the US and the UK, I think Germany was like the next biggest and then Japan or something like that. Yeah. So there's a huge yeah. follow across the, Europe. They're
1: all, bases, they're all bases that US US servicemen have served in. Mm. And I think uh, that's what it's linked to. So that there's a large importation of... U.S. culture and yeah. U.S. Yeah. themes and likes.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. So, Yeah, I mean, we are creeping up to a, a good over an hour uh, of the podcast today. And there's one more news item stroke rumour that I wanted to kind of just put out there with you guys to talk about today uh, before we encroach on the two-hour mark, which we, we might get to at some point. <laughs> Wouldn't be a surprise. Um, so there's been loads of rumours flying around about the future of the Star Wars films. We know that the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie was going to be released, and all of a sudden it wasn't. Has it officially been announced? No, it hasn't. You know, It's been back and forth. But one thing that's came out recently is that, in fact, George Lucas apparently... Two years ago, when I scoped out a filming location somewhere in Ireland, or something like this, to look at sealing a deal to film the solo, that's probably the wrong word. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Want me to help you, Alex? Yes, please do. I'm starting to lose my words. Yeah, okay. Uh,
3: last November, George. So what's happened is, is that in Northern Ireland, it's really taken off the scene because all of Game of Thrones is filmed there. And uh, the new uh, Superman series called Krypton, which I think is on sci-fi in, in the States, is also filmed there. It's in, um, it's in a place where they built the Titanic. It's actually absolutely massive studio. And they've just finished wrapping up Game of Thrones. And so last um, November, George Lucas was photographed in one of the top restaurants there. And, um, and there's a big, big story going around that, in fact, he was location scout in Northern Ireland um, as, as a place to do the next Obi-Wan film, which makes sense on a huge amount of levels because, obviously, 2's in Ireland, you've got loads of um, amazing scenery that would that would work. Um, and so it, it looks like that, that before even any of the last Jedi controversy had kicked off, that disney and lucasfilm perhaps bringing george lucas back into the fold a little bit and having these discussions and giving him some creative input which is really really interesting if it turns out to be true
0: and i think that's kind of echoed isn't it where we know that apparently he's actually brought some input into a scene uh in the solo movie where uh he kind of gave Ron howard a little bit of direction on what a particular scene involving han solo would have done so you know when 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 we hark back to when disney bought uh lucasfilm uh, there was that, the, the rumours that the first person that they actually let go of was George Lucas because they didn't think his creative or his involvement would kind of scupper the way they'd like to take the franchise. But ultimately, if we're now seeing the return of, of GL, uh, for me, as as a Star Wars fan, I'm all over it uh, because this is his baby. Let's, let's be brutally honest. He was a creator. Um, and I think that if Disney can lean on him for his guidance not necessarily give him complete director uh, role because we, we saw what happens in the prequels he doesn't direct very well sorry george if you're listening um but we know that he has ideas we know he can tell a good story so if disney brought him back for me that would be a massive win and i also think it could be a good way to get some of the fans back on side as well
3: yeah i i totally agree alex because um I don't know if this will be so controversial anymore, but but with Rogue One and with and with Solo, they are they are two films which you kind of think, did they actually be, need to be made? And and if they'd gone straight for an Obi One story, because people are so familiar with the character from the original films, and because his story was expanded in the uh, Clone Wars TV series, there's so much material in there. The opportunities are endless, whereas with the two films I mentioned before, we kind of knew what the beginning and the end is going to be, because we know how they end up. So I think even though we know how this is going to end up, because the Clone Wars finished the way it did, there's a lot of unanswered questions around Kenobi, so it could be really, really cool.
0: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, indeed. And while I don't expect there anything to be announced on that at Comic-Con, I mean, that could be a surprise. That would be an awesome surprise, uh, to be honest with you. I think that's actually linking quite well with the Clone Wars because Obi-Wan was obviously such a huge part of the Clone Wars arc storyline. Um, but even if they save it to maybe Celebration in Chicago next year or even D23 uh, later on in the year as well, uh, I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting piece to keep an eye on uh, across Star Wars fandom.
4: Well, the one thing they cannot do or should not do, in my humble opinion, is have anybody but you and McGregor? Yeah, yeah, hundred
0: percent.
4: Obi Wan, he's just got to do it. I mean, come on! If they bring in another actor to do Obi Wan, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's the, he's the right age. It's the right age to get away with it. Absolutely. I'm not sure if it was a rumor. He's got the Obi Wan beard apparently as
2: well. I think that I saw a picture of him. He's, he, he was recently seen sporting a beard that was very similar to the uh, the Obi Wan beard.
4: I mean,
1: clearly he can't come out and say anything, but, you know. Well, he
4: is in,
1: this summer, he's in the new Winnie the Pooh movie, Christopher Christopher Robin. Yeah. He plays, I think he plays Christopher Robin, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. As an
4: adult.
1: Yeah. So he does have a relationship with Disney.
4: Yeah.
1: And just going off on a tangent here, from watching the trailer for that, I think they've done... Something that's very honest to the original Winnie the Pooh, which yeah. I, I really loved, because I, I did, one of my biggest gripes with um, Peter Rabbit recently was the fact that it was a pile of poo, and <laughs> it was it was it was just oh, Isn't that the one that had James de- do the
0: voice? It was
1: destroying. It was destroying what what Beatrix Potter created mm-hmm. as a story. That's Whereas sad. this feels like it's a more honest interpretation of, of Christopher Robin and, and Winnie the Pooh. Sorry. <laughs> it does look good. No, I think it, it does, does.
4: Look, good.
0: It does uh, look good. Yeah, so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what does come out of Comic Con uh, this weekend. You know, um, if, we, if we kind of get together as we try to do on a weekly basis or fortnightly basis, I'm sure there'll be some news coming out of Comic Con that we can share with you all. And give our two pennies worth uh, from an opinion. And a, a final, a final thing that I wanted to bring up today, Ali, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you a little bit again on this one. So, Ali recently just sent me a link to a very interesting article on CBR.com. So CBR.com is Comic Book Review, um, and they always come out with new stories about Star Wars, DC Marvel, etc., etc. And this particular article covers a way. Potentially, I I I can't see this happening personally. How they can resurrect Han Solo for Episode Nine? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It sounds
3: crazy, but 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 obviously, in Rebels, time travel is now a thing in Star Wars. That's canon. That's official. True. But, but this, but this is actually goes down a slightly different route, which is the idea that. Um, <laughs> Starkiller base uh, is obviously fed by the sun, um, but but in fact, how does that even work? Because if you were draining the sun, would you have to find a different sun to drain in the future? And how could you do that? From I did a planet? think that.
1: I, I did think that at the time you're going to so, have to travel between s- systems for a new sun.
3: Which yeah, which you can't just find a planet because it wasn't a, it was you know a planet. Um, and so the idea was that well, actually what they were doing was creating a form of dark matter by using the sun and that they didn't actually know what they were doing with the technology and they didn't quite understand that What they thought was doing was a consequence of something else. And with dark matter, in fact, what they're doing is, just, so you think it's a laser beam that's going through space, but in fact, it's ripping space and time apart in a pulse using dark matter. And the idea would be that as the final explosion happens and the dark matter is released everywhere, that Han Solo is captured by this and before he actually dies is in some sort of stasis for a period of time and then
2: is retrieved and brought back by Lando. That's the idea.
4: Oh, dear. Oh, I, wow.
2: I didn't think... You know you know the Mary Poppins layer scene? <laughs> I didn't think Star Wars would get any more absurd. And they have just delivered that. And it's like... <laughs> Oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> you say it's absurd today, wait for 500-plus days. Or oh, I believe it oh. starts filming in nine days, so yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that's it. that's almost Star Wars meets Star Trek. Oh, it's Star Trek. With a bit of with, with Doctor <laughs> Who thrown in.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. If Harrison Ford signs up for that, he's a fool. <sighs> Nobody. Please, oh. No, Please, no. There please is, God, no, that,
0: there, there, that'd be there, fake. There is so fake much more one, of an please. easier way that they can deal with that. Just cross over Marvel and Star Wars, get Thanos to snap his fingers and he can bring him back to life again. That's so
1: much easier. <laughs> it would be so <laughs> easy. You, you could do the same with Luke Skywalker as well.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think he's dead anyway, so that's my answer.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's dead now.
4: Yeah. <laughs> be a force ghost, I guess. I don't know.
3: Well, you didn't see his, his metallic arm clink and you, you didn't see anything left over. So, the idea so with yes, that
4: that is that, yes. that yeah.
3: because there should have been, you saw the cloak go, but you didn't see his arm. Yeah. So, the idea would be that he didn't actually die.
4: You're grasping at straws, Alistair.
3: <laughs> I've just had a lot of time on my hands to read Fanjury <laughs> whilst we've been off the air.
4: Well, you not No, you aren't.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think that's kind of ended this podcast on a lighter note than normal. <laughs> Um, talking about time travel and Star Wars and and yeah you know I don't think I I never thought we'd ever think about Star Wars and time travel until those episodes in Rebels uh, which I mean that's just going to make fans' minds go bang straight away Um, you know what's next bring back Snoke you know let him have some robotic legs like Darth Maul why not Uh,
3: well well, again he didn't die Alex because his arm was left and in the same position and his ring so he didn't die either (laughs) Come, Everyone knows that, right?
0: Coming up coming up on <laughs> next week's podcast, fan series explored and absolutely crazy. <laughs> Why nobody
3: actually died in The Last Jedi? Yeah.
0: Oh, there you go. The overarching question, do people actually die in Star Wars?
3: <laughs> well, I don't
1: know. I'd, I'd love to watch J.J. Abrams try and piece all that together.
3: <laughs> he might well, Oh, my yeah. God. Well, he's got this new character, hasn't he, in it? who's Alex, do you know the actress? I just escaped my head. Everyone's going crazy over, because it's been confirmed.
0: No. You, oh, geez. <laughs> do, you know who, do you know
3: who I mean, Dave?
0: Yes. Yes, I do.
3: They've they, oh, they, um, they passed a, a lady in an age where it could be one of seven. Mera.
0: Mera. Oh, R- uh, yes, yeah, Mara yes not Mara
1: Ranger, obviously. Yeah. Mera Skywalker.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but it could be her. Or it could be Ray's mum, a lot of people are saying. <laughs> yes. It be Russell. Harry Russell, thank you. That's what I was looking for. No, yeah, so that's kind of big Ray, news.
0: Ray's mother is either Jyn so or Kira, you know. Kira and Darth Maul have a kid. That's why she's full sensitive. There you go. Boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not true.
4: But isn't that going to be the purpose, that you don't have to come from the, you know, force of blood? The blood? The force kicks you. You can
1: be any. Well, no, no Jedi was previously. Yeah. Supposedly every Jedi is born of normal parents Right Because the Jedi don't have children
0: Apart from yeah. Anakin Skywalker,
1: apparently Well, yeah Okay, and, and apart from Oh, the guy with a really big head ki adi yes <laughs> Because his, his, his species were so depopulated That he was given permission to, to have a mate Yeah did not you have
0: like five wives or something?
1: Something like that, yeah. Five well, kids, something like that, yeah. He was making up for the rest of the Jedi Council.
0: Rath.
4: <laughs> little harem.
0: Yeah. Um, Kiyadi Mundi's harem. He you just
1: go. Like. So, uh, who, who are you tonight? I'm Mace Windu. Who are you tonight? I'm Yoda tonight. <laughs>
0: This has gone off way off in a tangent I did not expect. Dave, <laughs> Get him on Kathleen
3: Kennedy, Ali.
0: That was sort <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that was going to be the last topic of today. And I thank you for that, Ali. That's a very good segue. Um, so, over, <laughs> okay. the, over the past few weeks, there's obviously been a lot of rumours going around that there's been some high-level conversations between Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger. Uh, and there was like a leak, if you want to call it that, uh, around Lucasfilm, where there was notes taken and and kind of leaked out of the business where Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger, some of the other senior executives at Lucasfilm sat around the table to talk about why the hell Solo went wrong. And ultimately, there was a conversation that Kathleen Kennedy was asked to find her successor to, to Lucasfilm as she will be politely asked to step down, apparently. Again, this is all rumours, so we're just going to have to roll with it for now. You never know, that can be announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, that'd be interesting. But the, the, the whole point of this was around Kathleen Kennedy being, at the moment, she's obviously the patriarch of Lucasfilm uh, and was handpicked. Matriarch. Uh, sorry, matriarch, thank you. She's the matriarch <laughs> of Lucasfilm. She was hand-picked by George Lucas to fulfil that position in the company because... He'd worked with her. She'd also worked with Steven Spielberg, so she was she's a trusted film executive. She a producer. She's produced massive films, um, and giving her the reins was something that he wanted to do. Ultimately, she was a success. You know, *Force Awakens* fourth biggest movie ever, third biggest movie ever. One of wanted to um, *Rogue One* did well. *Last Jedi* obviously made one point three billion dollars in in the cinema as well. So that, financially, it's a success, but that's obviously where things have gone a little bit awry. We've now seen what's had the knock-on effects with Solo. Now things are a bit shaky. They want somebody to, to firm things up a little bit more at like Lucasfilm. How, conscious that we are approaching the two hour mark, a quick straw poll around the Jedi Council table. Andy, if Kathleen Kennedy was to step down, how would you feel? I think we might have lost Andy. All right, let's wait for him to come back. Ali, over to you. How would you feel if uh, Kathleen Kennedy was asked to make way?
3: I'm joking, I'm here. Sorry, I just <laughs> wanted to pause then. <laughs> um, um, do you know what? I, I think it's probably time for her to go. Again, it's down mainly to that documentary that I've watched where it starts off at the rap party and she's... I think I think she's taken the, the, the saga, the franchise in a direction where it's hard to support it as a fan fully. And I just think for the good of reuniting the entire Star Wars family, she should go.
0: Dave, same to you, mate. Same question to
1: you. I have mixed opinion. to be fair. Um, I think she's done a really good job. I think... Under her uh, ultimate control, you've seen rebels do really well. Force Awakens has done well, um, and and uh, Rogue One and Solo, despite not doing well at the box office, were still phenomenal movies. Um, I think I think brightly she's she's done some good things in the movies from the perspective of introducing stronger female characters and I think by making more modern I think possibly they sometimes focus too much upon that um, but I also think she's done well by trying to show that behind the scenes there is also a strong mixture of people involved in the movies which I think is positive um, so I think she's been, and she's been a fantastic role model for anybody who wants to get into the movies and see what you can do with your career. She's a great role model for that. She's, she's been within this industry for the last 40 years and she's built herself up to become the pinnacle of loop of Lucasfilm. Now, if that isn't aspiration, I don't know what is. So I think from that perspective, I think she's done a fantastic job and, and, she should be applauded for that. Is it time for her to go? I don't know. I, th- I think you, you've got a bit of a rocky bit at the moment, and part of the fandom are blaming her. Um, potentially, she she gave too much creative license, maybe to Ryan Johnson, and allowed Ryan Johnson when she's reined in other directors. And Maybe that's been part of the problem there. That Maybe she should have had more oversight of what was happening on The Last Jedi and maybe she should have had more hands-on and maybe she should have saw, seen where that was going. Um, so may, I don't think a failure was with Solo. I think a failure was to film before that. It's just the impact that's been felt in Solo. I don't know if I don't know if it is her time to go. I think I think if she can pull it back on track and and maybe steer this this boat back into safe water, maybe give her a chance to do that. I don't think she is the toxic part of this at the moment. I think she's done a good job up until now.
3: Can I reply to one part of that? And, and it is, again, from the Alistair Clark rumour mill. Um, there, there is a strong, strong rumour that J.J. Abrahams did have the entire new saga plotted out. And what happened was, was that he and Kathleen Kennedy got into such massive fights over the first film. And when they were going into pre-production in the second, that effectively he decided to leave. And that Disney would have had to chuck a ton of money at him. And give him complete control over many things that, in fact, Johnson didn't even have for the second film to get him back on board for the third. And I think that one thing alone, if true, she needs to be accountable for. You know, you agree only, with that. You're, only, you're not. You're only as good as your most recent work, and recent things have gone wrong, and it's happened on her watch. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that.
0: Mera, your answer to the Kathleen Kennedy question.
4: Um, I think that um, I don't see her stepping down anytime soon. To be frank, um, and I think she has a good opportunity with this last episode to rein things in, to step up. Um, let you know. I don't know about the rumors too much. I mean, I know she's not the devil incarnate. You know, she's. Um, I mean, her track record alone is is good. I mean, you can't really beat that. She's got the proof there, of course. Um, yeah. Alistair is right about her last body of work. Is yeah, you know, that's what we judge each other on. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can't agree more. And um, <laughs> I'm going to try and ask that question to you, Andy. Can Can you hear me? Can yeah, we can. Well, Hey,
2: I'll keep it brief because I keep dropping off my my uh, <laughs> my devices, playing up. But yeah, I I, I do think if. If she were to go, I, I wouldn't blame her. I think if she probably wants an easy ride now, um, enough criticism from the fans. It's almost like a football manager who's who's having a, a tricky run. There's only so much criticism they can take before they want to walk. So I wouldn't blame her if she did go. Possibly the right time to. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and
0: that is, a, that is a, a good time for us to, to wrap up today. Thank you very much for being with us, guys, for the last hour and 45 potentially maybe a little bit longer um we are the jedi council we are here to talk about everything and anything star wars thank you very much for listening to us we are on itunes we are on soundcloud we are on lastplayer.fm we are also on twitter we are also on uh instagram we are at the jedi underscore council on twitter we are at the jedi underscore council underscore tjc uh on instagram and coming soon as well will be our very own facebook page so we will keep you guys updated on the developments of that final thoughts from you all quick 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 around the room ali some closing thoughts from yourself mate
3: um just that it's interesting times i mean uh, we haven't touched really on what's happening on social media which continues to be incredibly divisive but um yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's good that we're having these conversations, we're able to air our thoughts without um, being fearful of uh, some aggressive comebacks, which is great. Yeah,
0: completely agree with that.
2: Andy, closing thoughts for yourself, mate? Yeah, a couple of very small things, actually. So, yeah, just wanted to reiterate how good the event was in Liverpool. I think the guys did a really good job on that. Um and also, you were talking about the um, Comic Con exclusives earlier, but I couldn't—I didn't have enough connection to talk. <laughs> but the um, yeah, there's a Lego one as well, which is a, um, a Millennium Falcon cockpit from Solo: A Star Wars Story, which I would love, but I'm not going to San Diego, so I might miss out on it. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe one of our listeners will find it for
0: you and send it to you in the post. You know, right? I'd, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, some clothes. No, yeah, <laughs> Dave, over to you.
1: I'll carry on with where Andy went with that and um, I'm looking forward to San Diego Comic Con even though I'm not going to be there I'm looking forward to the news that will drop from that I'm looking forward to the panel especially now that I know that Dave Filoni uh, Clone Wars won I'm looking forward to seeing the exclusives that I may one day manage to get my hands on Um, and just to reiterate um, Star Wars Gathering in Liverpool last week was absolutely awesome and the guys who organized that really should take a big bath. It was really well done. Thank you. Thank you for giving us some great
0: memories. Awesome. Thank you Dave. Mara, Mera, uh, closing thoughts from you.
4: I have decided to remain very excited. I'm looking forward to um, Dave. Uh, is it Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his next series, um, some announcements that they'll do at the San Diego Comic-Con and uh, just um, for the love of Star Wars, the, not, not the hate and the, some of the vehemence uh, has been spewed. It's just really trying to sour some of us, but I, I think that we've got a bright Star Wars future um, and I'm looking forward to it. And I, um, There's a lot of stories to tell. And I want oh. to hear more. I really want more Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I, I think you are in good company with that sentiment, uh, Mera. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, we are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe to everything and anything we do. Uh, we're doing this, obviously, for you guys. We are we Star Wars fans like you are. Uh, so hopefully we're providing you with the, the content, the conversation, the debate that keeps you coming back for more. Uh, so again, thank you very much for listening to us. We are the Jello Council. And remember, may the force be with you.
4: Remember.